Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Where David said, only Jehovah will be worshipped here. He made statues of the god Baal, put it up, and they all bowed down and worshipped. For 55 years, he did all kinds of evil. One day, the Syrian army overtook the city. They captured King Manasseh. He was headed to Babylon, the most powerful empire of that day. Looked like his life was over. Looked like he was getting what he deserved. After 55 years of not honoring God, 55 years of doing nothing but wrong, what did he do? Verse 12 says, While he was in great distress, he called out humbly to the Lord his God, the God of his ancestors. Surely God would say, Manasseh, you fair-weathered friend, you don't even acknowledge me for 55 years and now you want my help. You've been the most wicked ruler. You're in the Guinness Book of World Records. I don't think so. It's payback time. You're on your own. No, the next verse says, When he prayed, God heard him and was moved by his request. It goes on to tell how God delivered him from the Babylonians. He returned to his land to rule his people, a changed man. From then on, he only worshipped Jehovah. That's the mercy of our God. We think, I haven't lived the right kind of life. God's not going to help me. I've got this addiction. I blew a relationship. I didn't raise my children right. No, you're not any worse than Manasseh. You're not listed in the scripture as the most wicked person. Why don't you be bold and say, God, I've made a mess of things. I haven't performed perfectly. But God, I know where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. I know you're full of mercy. God, I'm asking you to help me. But Joel, God's not ever going to help me. He's not going to listen to me. He listened to Manasseh. Fifty-five years of doing nothing but wrong. And he was bold enough to ask. God turned it around and brought him out of the mess that he made. Have you ever asked God to bring you out of the problem that you brought on yourself? Do you have the boldness to ask God to bless you in spite of your mistakes? To show you favor in spite of your failings? Every voice will tell you, you don't deserve it. It's not right. God's not going to listen to you. When you start shaking off guilt and condemnation, the enemy goes into overtime. He's called the accuser. He'll remind you of every mistake, every weakness. He wants you to go around feeling unworthy, carrying a heavy load of guilt, thinking about how undeserving you are. Hebrews 4.16 says just the opposite. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? To receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you're going to reach your highest potential, you've got to shake off the guilt, shake off the accusing voices, and come boldly to the throne.
dare to say, God, I'm asking for your blessing, your goodness, your mercy in spite of my mistakes. This is what Samson did. An angel appeared to his mother and told her she was going to have a baby. He would be a deliverer. The plan for Samson's life had already been laid out. He grew up and had this supernatural strength. At one point, these thousands of Philistines had surrounded him. He had no armor, no weapons. All he had was the jawbone of a donkey. He picked it up and defeated those thousands of men. Another place, he was trapped inside this city. The walls were high. The gates were locked. Looked like he would be caught. But in the middle of the night, he went to the city gates, these big iron structures, and he ripped them out of the ground, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of a hill. He was uncontainable. But Samson started running with the wrong crowd. He started compromising, making poor choices, doing things that he knew he shouldn't do. He let his guard down, and he told the Philistines the secret of his strength. They cut his hair. He lost all of his power. They not only captured him, but they gouged out his eyes, bound him in chains. He ended up in prison, grinding at the mill. Here this once powerful man, destined to do great things, had God's blessings and favor, is now blind, chained, living like an animal. The fact is, it was his own fault. He brought the trouble on himself. Seemed like he was done, like God was finished with him. But one day the Philistines were having a big celebration, a big party, and there were several thousand people assembled in this large room. They decided to bring Samson out to show him off, sort of like their trophy. As he stood there on display, people would go by and laugh, mock, ridicule him. You would think that Samson would feel condemned, washed up, thinking, hey, I'm getting what I deserve. I made some really bad choices. No, Samson understood this principle. While they were mocking him, under his breath he said, Sovereign God, please strengthen me one more time. Imagine the nerve that took, the boldness. After all the mistakes he made, he had the audacity to believe. Number one, that God would hear him. And number two, that God would give him the strength, the favor, the blessing that he had before he had made those mistakes. God could have said, Samson, you had your chance. You blew it again and again and again. No, when you come to the throne with boldness and you not only receive God's mercy, but you take it one step further and ask God to bless you in spite of your mistakes. Ask God to help you clean up a mess that you made. Ask Him to show you favor even though you don't deserve it. God doesn't say too bad, no, I'm not going to do it. The Scripture says supernatural strength came on Samson one more time. While those people were making fun of him, he asked a young boy to place his hands on the columns that he was chained to. Just so happened that these two big pillars were holding up the building. He felt that supernatural strength surge into him one more time. He pushed those columns. The building came tumbling down. He defeated more enemies in his death than he did his entire lifetime. What if he hadn't had the boldness to say, 
God strengthened me one more time, the story wouldn't have ended like it did. Maybe you've made mistakes. You're not where you want to be in life. You can say like Samson, hey, a lot of it's my own fault. I was undisciplined, ran with the wrong crowd, did things that I knew I wasn't supposed to do. That's fine. Here's my question. Will you have the boldness to shake off the guilt, shake off the accusing voices, and say, God, bless me one more time. God, restore me one more time. God, show me favor one more time. God, deliver me one more time. Here's the beauty about our God. If you'll have the boldness to ask, God will do it one more time. Then He'll do it one more time. Then He'll do it one more time. God never runs out of the one more times. But too often, we believe God forgives us. We know He's merciful, but we don't think that God will bless us, not after what we've done. He'll forgive me, but He won't restore my marriage. He'll be merciful to me, but he won't still give me that promotion. That's what he did for Samson. He not only showed him mercy, but he strengthened him one more time. Some of you are sitting on the sidelines, focused on your mistakes, living guilty, letting the accuser keep telling you that you're all washed up. No, God is saying, I've got a one more time for you. And if you will go boldly to the throne, not condemned, not thinking, oh, I've blown it so many times. No, go to God and say, God, I don't feel worthy, but I come to you with boldness, not because of how good I am, but because of how good you are. God, you said where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So, God, I'm asking you to bless me one more time. Strengthen me one more time. God, bring me out one more time. God did it for Samson. He'll do it for you. But when we make mistakes, the last thing we want to do is go to God. Joel, God is not going to help me. He saw me make the poor choice. I knew I wasn't supposed to be running with this crowd. I did it anyway. Now, here's the key. God doesn't judge you by one mistake. He doesn't judge you by your last mistake. God is not holding your faults against you. Think about Thomas. He was one of the disciples there were reports that Jesus had risen from the dead, but Thomas didn't believe. The other disciples tried to convince him, but Thomas said, no, guys, I'm not going to believe unless I see the nail prints in Jesus' hands with my own eyes. He was still filled with doubt. Later, the disciples were in a room together, and Jesus appeared. He came walking through the door. They were all amazed and taken back. What's interesting is Jesus headed straight toward Thomas. He didn't go to the other believers. Jesus bypassed all the people with faith, and he went to the one man that had doubt. He reached out his arms and said, Thomas, feel the nail prints in my hands. Look at the scars on my feet. Thomas said, Lord, I believe. But Jesus could have thought, Thomas, fine. I told you I'm going to rise from the dead. If you don't believe, that's your own problem. No, God doesn't judge you by one mistake, by one weakness, by one bad season, by one failed marriage, by one addiction. God is not holding your faults against you. That voice that's always telling you what you're not, making you condemned, trying to get you to live guilty, saying God wouldn't have anything to do with you, that's the accuser. 
You know why he wants you to feel condemned, go around feeling bad about yourself, so that you won't go boldly to the throne. He knows God always has a one more time. He knows God will help you out of the mess that you made. What am I saying? As long as you believe, there's always a one more time for you. Fifty-five years Manasseh lived off course, but God had a one more time. God didn't hold that against him. Thomas traveled with Jesus. In other words, he was in church every Sunday. He still blew it, but God had a one more time for Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas. We put labels on people. You know what God calls him? Believing Thomas. The enemy, he will try to label you with everything that you've done wrong. Doubter, failed, divorced, addicted, poor choices. God labels you forgiven, redeemed, restored, overcomer, more than a conqueror, victorious. When you make mistakes in life, when you fall, when you have moments of doubt, don't let the accuser keep you from going to your father for mercy. God is not judging you. He's not holding a grudge. He's not finding fault with you. Your job is to go boldly to the throne and say, God, I need your mercy. I'm here knowing that you're a good God. I'm here believing that you've got a one more time for me. Jesus talked about how we have to have faith as a little child. When children make mistakes, have you noticed they don't sit around guilty for six months? They don't go around condemned, thinking that they've missed their destiny. They let it go and move forward. Just like them. Don't go around dwelling on your mistakes and all the times that you failed. Let it go and move forward with your life. You're not a failure unless you quit. You're a learner. When our children are learning to walk, if they take two or three steps together in a row, we clap and cheer We'll call our family, he's walking, he's walking. What we don't tell them is the 7,000 times he's fallen before. In the same way, God is not focused on all the times that you've fallen. As long as you get back up and keep moving forward, God is pleased with you. You don't have to have a perfect performance. If your heart is perfect toward God, if you've got a desire to please Him, your performance will catch up. Don't go around beating yourself up over past mistakes. Learn to receive God's mercy. When our children were small, I loved taking them to the toy store. When I'd tell Jonathan, four or five years old, let's go to the store. Do you know he never once said, no, Dad, I don't think I'm worthy. I don't think I deserve it. I made fun of my sister yesterday. No, children know how to receive. As adults, we start accumulating all this negative baggage, mistakes, failures, missed opportunities. We live under a heavy load of guilt, regrets. The accuser keeps saying, you had your chance, you blew it, just settle where you are. Now, you've got to shake that off. God is saying, I've got a one more time for you. One more time, I'm going to bless you. One more time, I'm going to restore you. One more time, I'm going to show you my favor. Now, will you receive this mercy? Will you shake off the guilt and get a new vision for your life? God is saying, your heavenly Father is saying, let's go to the store. I want to be good to you. I have 
mercy. I have forgiveness. I have new beginnings. I have restoration. Now, are you going to be like a child and say, God, let's go? I believe you love me. I believe I'm forgiven. I believe your mercy is bigger than any mistake. Or are you going to say, no, I don't deserve it. I've been struggling with this same thing again. Didn't go to church last week. Lost my temper last month. No, God is not finding fault with you. Stop finding fault with yourself. You're not a finished product. God is still working on you. This is what Jonah did. God told Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh, share the good news, but he didn't want to go there. He did just the opposite. God told him to go left, and he went right. He ended up on a boat. They encountered a huge storm. Got so bad they thought they were all going to die. Jonah finally admitted to the crew that he was the problem, and they threw him overboard. He should have drowned out there in the middle of the water, but perfectly on cue, this big well comes by and swallows Jonah up. Friends, you can't outrun the mercy of God. The psalmist said, if I go to the depths of the ocean or way up in the sky, God's presence is always with me. Jonah was sitting in the well. He had just done the opposite of what he knew he was supposed to do. It's one thing to get into trouble and you didn't really know better, but he knew and chose to do wrong. Seems like God would say, fine, Jonah, have your own way. Watch what happens. No, God has already taken into account every wrong turn, every mistake. Don't write yourself off. Get up and do better next time. Sitting in the belly of the well, the scripture says, Jonah cried out to the Lord in his great trouble, and God answered him. God caused the fish to spit Jonah up on dry ground, spared his life. That's the God we serve. He doesn't judge you by past mistakes. He doesn't hold a grudge. He's not writing you off because you went left and he said go right. Even when you make mistakes, if you'll be bold like Jonah and go to God, ask him to help you, God will show up one more time. One more time, he'll heal you. One more time, he'll deliver you. One more time, he'll bring you out. But some of you think that it's been too many times. Joel, I've blown too many chances. I'm still struggling with this same thing. I said I wouldn't do it again. That's okay. This is a new day. God's mercy is new every morning. He has a fresh batch of mercy just for you. Will you do like Jonah and say, God, I made a mess, but I'm coming to you boldly, knowing that you have mercy. God, I'm bold enough to believe that you will help me one more time. In the scripture, Jacob was known for his poor choices. When his brother Esau was extremely hungry and not thinking clearly, he took advantage of it. He traded him a pot of stew for Esau's birthright. The birthright was extremely valuable. Jacob knew it was wrong. He knew he was cheating his brother, but he did it anyway. That's the way he was. Another time, when their father was very old and couldn't see clearly, Jacob dressed up like his brother Esau and tricked their father into giving him the blessing of the firstborn that belonged to Esau. Time and again, he went around deceiving, no integrity. One day, Jacob got tired of living like that. He told his family that he was going to go down to the brook and get alone with God and make things right. 
an angel appeared to him in the form of a man. They began to wrestle. This went on all night. The next morning, the angel was about to leave, and Jacob made an interesting statement. He said, no, I'm not letting you go until you first bless me. Imagine the nerve of Jacob asking God to bless him after living a life of cheating, taking advantage of people, stealing his brother's birthright. Surely God would say, Jacob, you are the last person on earth I'm ever going to bless. You can forget about it. No, God said in effect, Jacob, I like the fact that you come boldly to the throne. I like the fact that you know I'm full of mercy, that you know where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. God not only gave him the blessing, but he changed his name from Jacob, which means deceiver, to Israel, which means prince with God. From that day, Jacob went out with the blessing, a changed man. Friends, God is not holding anything against you. Some of you have been carrying the heavy load of guilt, condemnation, thinking that God would never be good to you. Have you ever asked? Have you ever said, God, I haven't performed perfectly. I've made a mess out of things, but God, I'm asking you to bless me in spite of my mistakes. God, I'm asking you to strengthen me one more time. God did it for Jacob. He did it for Jonah. Did it for Samson. Did it for Manasseh. He'll do it for you. He's a one more time God. One more time He's going to bless you. One more time He's going to restore you. The good news is He'll never run out of the one more times. Now shake off the guilt and go boldly to the throne. If you do this, you won't be disappointed. I believe and declare God will restore you, bless you, bring you out, and you will still fulfill the best plan that he's laid out for your life. In Jesus' name. If you receive it, can you say amen today? We never like to close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God first place. He's going to take you places that you've never dreamed of. As a thank you for your support of our ministry this month, Joel and Victoria would like to send you a copy of Joel's new series, Unlock Your Promise. In this new three-part series, Joel Osteen reminds you that God's promises are yours today. God will lead you to your destiny and use all things for your good. Request your copy of Unlock Your Promise today at joelosteen.com or call us toll-free. Your partnership makes this ministry possible. Your faithful and consistent monthly support makes you a champion of hope. The vision of Joel Osteen Ministries is to use every avenue available to present the hope of Jesus Christ to people everywhere. We know it is this hope and the transforming power of the gospel that makes an eternal difference in people's lives. To partner with Joel Osteen Ministries, visit joelosteen.com slash partner today. Do you have a dream God has put in your heart? Are you ready to see that dream become a reality? 
This month, TBN wants to build your faith with a new resource from Bishop T.D. Jakes and Pastor Mark Batterson titled, Turn Your Dream Into Your Destiny. These two gifted pastors will show you how to boldly fight for your God-given dream and victoriously step into your destiny. Every morning you wake up, you have a destiny to fulfill. And the reason I know you have a destiny to fulfill is you are not dead. When you run out of destiny, you will die. I think at some point you got to take that step of faith and say, even if I fail, this is a dream we're going after. Through this new multi-disc series that is both audio CD and DVD, you will step into your destiny. It is our thank you for your gift of support to TVN this month. And in appreciation for your gift of $60 or more, we'll also include the best-selling books, Destiny by T.D. Jakes and Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. These great books reveal how life's greatest fulfillment comes from living your divine purpose and how you can fearlessly chase after your God-sized dreams. So to help you further unwrap the reality of all God's God has set in place for you. We'll also send you Bishop T.D. Jake's complete six DVD and six CD series, Destiny Steps, in gratitude for your gift of support of $175 to TBN. Thanks to partners and friends like you, TBN is taking the gospel message of hope and grace to millions of souls all around the world. Call 800-201-5200 or go securely online to tbn.org slash giving to share a gift of support and request your copy of the Turn Your Dream Into Your Destiny DVD CD set. Or for your gift of $60 or more, we'll add the Destiny and Chase the Lion books or receive all these resources plus Bishop Jake's complete six DVD and six CD series, Destiny Steps, for your generous gift of $175 or more. Call, click, or write today. Saturday on TBN comes the heartwarming story of two sisters at odds, finally coming together for the love of family. The Bouquet, TBN Saturday. Watching TBN, celebrating 43 years of God's miracles. The following paid program is sponsored by the friends and partners of. On the Potter's Touch. It's not that you bolted the door and said you can't come back. They refuse to make Mary. Too stubborn to be Mary. I will not get over it. I will not call. Hell will freeze over before I call you. And, and then hang up the phone and cry because you're not there. Even though it is your stubbornness that stops the reconciliation. Better than healed. You have to learn to see the beauty in every stage of your life. You will be lost and be found. You will be sad and you will be happy. You have to build your life on what doesn't move, which is God. I am Corey Jace Coleman, and Bishop has a message just for you today to show you what matters most. All parables, told stories. He was masterful at it. The one I'm using today 
it's probably the most famous. And as I minister it, you don't even have to be a church person. You could have been just, just hopped down off a pole. Grandma drug you to church this morning, and still you heard of the prodigal son. A certain man had two sons, Jesus says. And the younger of them said, and, and youth is always rebellious and angry. That's, that's, that's what youth is. It's energy without experience. So the younger of them said unto them, give me my stuff. I know how to do this better than you know how to do it. I'm going to show you how you ought to do this. Give me the portion of good that follows unto me. I want control. And the Bible said he divided unto them. So even the one who didn't say anything got his due. He divided unto them his living. Now, as the father gave the younger his portion and the older his brother portion, the younger, once he got control, ran away with it. And the, and the older held his at home. Now, the younger didn't run away in the sense of sneaking out the window, but sometimes getting control will, will drive you into stuff. It's, it's about power. Who said that? It's about power. It took me, yeah, yeah, it's about power. I used to think it was about money because I went by the way the old people preached it. You know, it was kind of like a rags to riches story. This boy was, was rich either way. He was rich at home. He was rich when he left. It wasn't about rags to riches. He was out to power. He didn't ask for the money so he could get stuff. He already had stuff. He had servants and everything at home. What he wanted was power. And power is a sexy thing. Good Lord, I'm telling you, power with negligence. Power will get you. Power is so sexy that we fight in families for it. Men had it so long that the women looked at it and said, oh, it is sexy, give it to me. You'll get it when you get off. And uh, then the kids looked at the parents and said, no, it's mine. Everybody wants power, control. Younger got control, power too fast, went out there and didn't know what mattered most. He thought that the gift was better than the giver. So he took the gift from the giver, left the giver, and took the gift, never realizing that the gift, that the giver is always better than the gift. Say, so, so, so give me your stuff, and anytime anybody gives you their stuff, always know that they are better than their stuff. Anytime somebody gives you their stuff, always know that they are better than their stuff because they are the ones who got the stuff. So they got to be better than the stuff they got. And anytime you get their stuff, you are getting the least expression of the source that gave it. I got his money. He made the money. 
That's why when you run out of money, you're going to be broke because the one who made it can make it again. So if you get what they made and you don't get the one who made it, you're going to run out of it because you got the gift, but you didn't get the giver and you can't do what they did to get it. Now you got to sue them again. So the giver is always better than the gift, but the boy didn't know what mattered most. So he said, give me the gift ran away from the giver, and they ran out of the gift. And then when he ran out of the gift, he suddenly recognized that he didn't know what mattered most. Got it wrong. Have you ever got it wrong? Hold your hand up if you ever got it wrong. Got it wrong. Made a, made a dumb decision. Didn't know how to prioritize the thing. Ran away with the gift. Walked away from the giver, didn't know what mattered most, and thought you were right when you were doing it. Here's the caution, and thought you were right when you were doing it. If you ever thought you were right and you were wrong when you were doing it, how can you be so confident now that you're right? How can you be so rigid that you don't leave yourself just a crack for the slight possibility that you might not be the end all sum total of wisdom? So there he is in the hog pen, and he spent all of the gift, and he's away from the giver, and hard times give you a chance to think. I'm going to say that again. Hard times give you a chance to think. Tears does something for your brain to alleviate pressure so the blood can flow so you can think straight. And he said... Mm. This didn't turn out so good. Now, I respect this boy because you have to be wise to be able to admit to yourself this didn't turn out so good. Some people are so stubborn that they will never critique their behavior enough to say this didn't turn out so good. Those people scare me to death because people who will not critique themselves and insist that they are right even when all hell breaks loose are the most dangerous people in the world because they are more concerned about ego than they are overcoming and they insist on holding up the ego even while they know inside I lost something in this. They will never humble themselves. They will never change because image is more important to them than reality. I like this dude because when push came to shove, he evaluated himself. He did the math. He said, how many servants in my father's house have bread enough to spare? And I perished with hunger. And other words, he said, this is better than that. And he says, I need to go back and do this over. I got to get back on track again. Lost and found. And over and over and over again in your life, you will go through things where you do right and then you do wrong. And then you look at it and say, wait a minute, this is better than that. I should have done this over here and if you have the sense to fix it up when you have fooled it up you can always survive anything go back to the beginning and start again <laughs> down low so, so now he's trying to get found again how many have been found again more than once 
found again more than once. Look at your life. Look back over your life and look at how many times you ended up in a hog pen, financially, physically, emotionally, maritally, professionally, health-wise, and you had to say, wait a minute, this isn't going to where I wanted to go. I got to go back and fix it. When we start thanking God, we have to thank God for allowing us to go back and fix it. In our health, in our body, in our home, in our mind, in our finances, I just love people who will go back and fix it. You, you can fix it. You, you can fix it. I don't mean you can fix people. You can fix it. He said, I'm going to go back and fix it. I'm not healthy. I can fix it. I'm not happy. I can fix it. I'm not strong. I can fix it. I can't read. I can fix it. There's so many things that people live with that could be fixed. Why would you build a house in a hog pen? When something in your gut says, they may belong here, the pigs. But I don't. I am out of my element. The voice says, I am out of my element. I'm going home. He goes home. The father, the father, if he'd be like most fathers, should have had an attitude. You brought this on yourself. You've been acting like a fool. I told you for your left, it didn't make no sense. Now you're either running around with them prostitutes. You spend all your money. You're embarrassed. In fact, you're going to come back home. You think you're going to get some bad? Where's the money I gave you before? Oh, it would have been a good time to say that. It would have been a good time to prove your point. If you didn't know what mattered most. If proving your right becomes more important than the one you're proving it to, then get all your points in. Have a shouting match. Have a screaming contest. Show them who's boss. You got to People who do that don't know what matters most. Father didn't even bring up what started it. Ran out to meet him. Ran out to meet him. Ran out to meet him. Ran. When you see people trying to come at you, don't stand there and make it hard. Don't make it hard even if you was right. Meet them halfway. Meet them, meet them halfway. I see you trying to come. I, hey, you trying to come. You got mud on you, and you smell like a hog, but you're trying to come. I, I just took a bath. Let me make this easy for you. Let me run out to meet you. Run out to meet somebody who's trying to crawl back to you. If you know what matters most. So... The Bible said, the Father said, this is my son who was dead is now alive again. He was lost and now is found. That's what matters. and seminars, you can literally take a family vacation the entire week here. We've done Super Bowls, but to have an event that talks 
the soul, that talks to the family, is something special. The father said, this is my son, who was dead, it, it, it is now alive again. He was lost, and now that's what matters. What happened to the money? That doesn't matter. Why were you with the hookers? That doesn't matter. Why were you over there with them Gentiles in the whole pit? That doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is, are you Okay. I never will forget two or three times in raising my children, they would call us and say, I wrecked the car, or uh, I'm in trouble, or, I've been in a car accident. I never asked, how is the car? The first question is, it is if you know what, if you know what matters most. So he said, this is my son who is dead, he's alive again, he was lost, and he is found. And the Bible said, and they began to make merry. And, and the thing that gets me about it, after a long period of being inwardly miserable, <laughs> looking out the window at 2 o'clock in the morning, wondering what happened to my nice, neat little life. How did things get so complicated? How did I get here? The father's not happy. The elder brother's not happy. The son's in the hog pen and he's not happy. And after a long period of living without happiness, there was no happiness in the poverty and there was no happiness in the palace. If you're in poverty, don't envy the palace. Because sometimes, the oxymoron of life is that the palace can be just as sad as the hog pen. Lord, I'm preaching today. And they began to make merry. Here come the elder brother. Well, the elder brother says, I haven't heard no happy sound in this house for a long time. That's a telling statement. When happiness sounds foreign in the house, that is a telling statement. He said, the other brother was working in the field. He heard some noise. Are they laughing? Are they laughing? When laughter leaves, when laughter leaves, I don't care how much money comes, when laughter leaves the house, there's no difference between the pen and the palace. When pain has overcome joy, now, there was no laughter in the house to the point that when the boy came in and he heard laughter, he said, what's going on? And, and somebody told said they're throwing a party up there. <laughs> they're throwing a party up there for your brother. They're coming home. And then he got mad. Haters. Hate. 
celebrate while they suffer. Can I go a little bit deeper? He said, I know they're not. I know they are not. And the Bible said he refused to go in. He refused to make merry. Some people refuse to make merry. They refuse to be happy. He refused to come into the party. And then the father had to go get him. And he went out there and got this boy. Say, what's wrong with you? He said, well, all of these years, I have been with you. And you never threw a party for me. Haters hate to see you celebrate while they suffer. You never threw a party for me. And here you are treating him so good. And I was holding this thing together while he was drunk. I was cleaning out troughs and hog pens while he was watching strippers on a pole. He ran through your money and I kept the house together and you didn't acknowledge me. Have you ever felt invisible? Have you ever done good stuff for people and they seem not to notice it? They got so used to you that they didn't appreciate you. And now they're celebrating somebody who did so much less. And that's what makes haters become haters. And the father says to him, (laughs) you got to say thank you. Here's the misunderstanding. The father says, all that I have is thine. You could have had it anytime you wanted it. Because our hearts didn't talk, you didn't realize that all of this was for you. It was always I got up out of the bed and went, for you. I did the laundry. For you. I drove myself. For you. It was all for you. And you never got it. And I never said it. But it was always about you. Now, come on into this party and help us be happy. Don't keep standing out in the yard talking about coulda, woulda, shoulda. Because life is moving so fast that by the time you become wise enough to come in the house, the people that were worth coming in for will all be gone. 
It is absolutely, it is completely the epitome of the human experience. Because at one point or another, everybody in the house was lost and found. You think the father wasn't lost when his boy was lost? You think he could enjoy the palace when his son was lost? You think the elder brother who stayed in the house wasn't lost in his heart? You think the brother who went to the hall pen was any better off than the brother in the house? Before life is over, everybody's going to have a turn at being a fool. And it never resolves until you understand what matters most. And so, if your family's here and maybe some still at the house, and you go home and you see all those, those beautiful families on TV, <laughs> and you wonder what the world, what the world, what the world, what we got going, Miss Lily, what we gonna do, what we gonna do, Miss Seely, what we gonna do, what we gonna do. You see all them couples by the fireplace with the chill glasses of Chablis and Nina Simone is singing softly and you're sitting in the house by yourself saying, what we gonna do, what we gonna do, Miss Seely? You see all of those graceful kids coming around talking about mama, I couldn't have made it through school without you. I love you, mama. And yours didn't call you and you say, what we gonna do? Yeah. What we gonna do, what we gonna do. You see the generations of families together. And you look around at your dinner on the kitchen table and say, what we gonna do? What we gonna do, what we gonna do? The Lord told me to tell you that you can make Mary better only when you understand what matters most. Until you are driven by what matters most, you'll never find your destiny. And instead, you'll always insist on proving your point. And when your point becomes more important than your destiny, you'll compromise your future just to show people around you that you're just as tough as they are. And you will compromise how far you could have been because the noise in your spirit is stopping you from hearing your instinct. Noise screams. Instincts whisper. Instinct is a still, small voice saying, you don't belong in this cave. You ought to get over this situation. This is not about you. A small voice points you to your next move. You find your instinct when you know what matters most.
point, everyone in the house of the prodigal son was lost. The son who found himself in the hog pit was lost. Even his brother who remained at home was lost. They illustrate to us that emptiness and pain exist. Like them, we all find resolution when we understand what matters most, Jesus Christ, the author of our salvation. He is the only answer. Like the prodigal son recognized in the pit of pigs that he could go back to his father's house and fix his situation, our GPS partners help ex-offenders find the way back home and avoid the trap of recidivism. Your monthly partner gifts help us to make an impact on criminal justice reform in our nation. If you are not a partner, I am challenging you to join us. It's easy. Just visit us at tdjpartners.org today. It's time for us to stand and put our feet in the ground and say, I am my brother's keeper, and I will love my neighbor thyself. If you're not shining light on injustice and darkness, then you can't change it. And if they close the door of opportunity, just kick it down. Put on the full armor of God and go out there and fight for what you want. gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive Bishop Jake's essential message, Heart of the Matter, on CD, as well as our Be the Blessing encouragement card. Scripture filled to be a blessing to anyone God puts on your heart. Do you love people? Let's get to the heart of the matter, because if people can see the love of God, you will see them running to Jesus. And when your gift is $90 or more, we will add the Bible Promises for Life, his or her devotional set, to help you and those closest to you experience the fullness of God's love. When you get to the heart of the matter, you won't have to chase God's blessing. God's blessing will chase you. You won't have to be praying about the rain. If you take care of God's business, God will take care of yours. But I want to stir up something till the fire on the inside becomes greater than the hell on the outside. I'm talking about a love revival. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Dive.
heart, you know you need someone who will be there. You know you need somebody to love you and share your pain. And I be because of your name. When I'm to love, you're on a road going nowhere. Let me go. 
Tell? I guess that means no. Right. 
Rush it go, run it go, say she 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 go, Hokorasa Brasike, Brosaka, Brashida Kosaka, Hoshida Koseke, Rashida Kosaka, Hoshida Kosaka, Yara Koseke, Harandiki, Horashaka, Horandiki, Shirambraka, Hoshaka, Shamboshida Kandrasha, Hoshaka Rashiki Shekombo Horandir Kosaka Yes 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 Father God Rombo Kosiki Horandishi Yes Lord Yerr Kosaka Horandir Kosi Horashi Kasa Horandi Kasa Horosiki Randi Kosa Horandikasa Yes, 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 daddy God. Shakan Rashid Koboka, 
Shararoko Bushkaha, Shararoko Seke, Shararoko Saka, Shrandiriko Saka, Shrandiriko Seke, Romboko Saka, Ha Randiriko Se, Shiriko Se, Shiriko Se, Randiriko Se, Shiriko Se, Shiriko Se, Randiriko Let the word of God come forth. Mm. Continue to touch mm, and move. Anoint Shakrashi to Gosaka. Father God, we praise you. We seek you. Rashi to Gosaka. We give you the glory. Yaranokose Shagrasaka. Rashi to Gosaka Sharanda Gosaka. Yes. Mm. We praise you, Father. Should it go to the ghost? Should it go to the ghost? Should it go to the ghost? 
Horashira Gosanda, Shirakose, Shirakose, Horashira Gosay, Shirakose, Shirakose, Horashira Gosay, Shirakose, Shirakose, Horashira Gosay, Shirakose, 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 Horashira Gosay, Shirakose, 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 Horashira Gosay, we praise you in we glorify you, Lord. It's because of you, Daddy God. Because of you, Rashida Gosaka. We glorify you, Lord. We give you the glory, Shirashi the Gose, Shira Gose, Shira Gose, Rakosa Gose, Krashi the Gose. We glorify you, Rashi the Gosaka. We give you the glory, Rashi the Gose, Shira Gose, Shira Gose, Shira Gose, Rondi the Gosaka, Rondi the Goseke, Rondi the Gose, Shira Gose, Shira Gose, Shira Gose, Shira Gose, Rondi the Gose, Shira Gose, Shira Gose, Shira Gose. Power, Paradasha, Power, Roshikata, Power, Roshirakanda, Power, Roshirakanda, let the anointing of God increase. Rush to go soccer. Let the anointing of God increase. Yoshi to go soccer. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yet to go soccer. That's it right there. Thank you, Father God. Mm. We love Koshi to Kandraka. We praise you, Father. We go rush to go soccer. We glorify you, Lord. Rush to go soccer. We seek you, Lord. Yet to go soccer. Yes, Daddy God. Hashoko Romboshika Harandika Saka. Ooh, that's it right there, Lord. Yerukumbosika mm. Ka. That's it right there, Daddy God. Yerukosike Yaradaka. Speak to our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. Romboshika Randirigoseke, Kumboshkran Rashirigosaka, Haromboshiradakandeke, Erosaraka, Shamburandirigosaka, Sharandiki. Woo! Mmm. Woo. Mmm. Kuskanyarambushka. Yeraho. Thank you, Father. Haramboshirakan Rasaka Romboko Rondoko Saka. Reshaka, now, Holy Spirit, come forth. Mm. Let the Spirit of God come forth. 
speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Daddy God. Let the Spirit of God enter in as you move in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. Amen. Amen. All righty. All right, anybody on want to speak? Morning, good evening, good afternoon. Anybody care? Anybody want to say hello? Oh, already then, this is not getting better. Okay, I need to address this sooner than later. Go, say, she'll 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 go
Rondo goes to Ishida Goserga, Raka, the Ready Fam. Gene Rogers. Bushi to go son, Rashi to go say, she 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 to go say, Bushi to go say, she 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 to go say, Bushi to go say, she to go say, she to go say, she to go say, she to go say, Bushi to go say, she 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 to go say, Rush to go say day. 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 Rush to
yelling at me per se. He was yelling at the situation, but by him yelling over me, and I'm trying to help you, and mm-hmm. I'm on the phone with IT trying to help you, it was pissing me off, you know? So I went to the car, gathered myself. After I got him halfway situated, I went to the car and gathered myself. And I cussed all the way to the car. I'm not going <laughs> like, to. I said, Lord, please forgive me. I, but I didn't get out of character with him, but I got out of character after the fact. Uh, okay. Hey, we, you got you to get it out, but you, you met, during the situation, you held yourself, which is most important. Yes, I really, really did. I really did. But, you know, it's funny because in, an, in, in a secretary's role, you, it's like you, you do a lot of hand-holding. Okay, I'm, I'm for that. But this particular guy, he's a millionaire, and I guess he's a, all of the partners are, and I guess he is because he's cheap. And the firm provides partners and employees with cell phones. Now, I have a family plan, so I don't get that. But you can update your phone when it's time. I don't care what phone come out. You only have to pay $100 for it. Okay. So when it's time, he because the firm used to pay for theirs outright, he doesn't want to pay even the $100. So with this particular person, I have to change cell phone couriers every year so he can get a free phone. So it's that kind of stuff. And then I'm trying to get your apps downloaded because you got a lot of firm stuff that you have to have on your phone. And he telling me that he's got to be lead to go to the airport. Well, you knew you had limited time. This is a two- to three-hour process for IT to walk through this and get this done. And so you standing over me yelling. So God is good. Um, I did. I did initially feel bad, but then I thought what you just said kind of made it better because I did hold my composure during during the situation. But after the situation, I was, I was like Benny from the Hood just came on out. Well, you know. <laughs> hey, look. Yeah. Oh, mm, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm just, yeah, you know Punch, right? Yes. You know, so Punch, her mother's the same. <laughs> and, and, yeah. I'm gonna, and I'm going to just leave it like that, all right? <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, you know, when the trial and the fire is on, you do what you have to do. And afterwards, you release, you compose, and you go back again and, and just leave it like that. And that's what happened. After I released and composed and went to the car, released some more on the way there, and came back and got back into my usual jovial self because there's a a secretary, there's a couple of them, and we kind of make, we have to make light of the situations because some of the stuff is so outlandish. So we make jokes out of it. You know, we got nicknames for them and everything. And see, now, this is what's going to happen because of the fact that you are now in a whole other 
spiritual realm and a whole other spiritual sphere, yep. um, you're going to begin to see things even differently. You're going to be challenged just because, just, just because. This is what he's talking about when you're suffering for righteousness' sake. So because of the fact that now you're beginning to see, you're beginning to know, and you're growing, the enemy's going to ch- challenge you just because of that fact. So some of the stuff that's going to happen to you is because of the label of Christ that's that's on you and the anointing. So yeah, you you get to a point, but see again, like I say, you got to grow there. You get to the point, you're like yeah, whatever, keep just you okay, and you don't even get caught up in it. But it, look, that's a process. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying, no, girl. You you fine. <laughs> don't even don't yeah. even get up because we yeah. all come with this flesh. Yeah. We all with this flesh. Jesus was the only one who did it perfectly. We far from that, all right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you for that. And uh, I'm just going to keep praying and keep trusting and um, doing what I need to do. Because I'm going to tell you what happens if you don't look at it that, from that perspective that I'm talking about. You're going to begin to try to make yourself, and you're going to begin to feel guilty and walk yep. in condemnation. Exactly. That, that's going to keep you from growing. Yep. Yep, and you're right. You're right. And then Absolutely. you begin to, I can't do this and I can't do that, and i got to restrict and limit myself. Then that's going to lead you into self-righteousness because now you're trying to do things which Christ has done for you. you got to walk in grace. Amen. Amen. And that's what, and that's, I tell the Lord, you know, I can't do this by myself. You yeah. know, and you're right. You're right because I have had a self. And see, I, this is what's great. I can talk real talk. I have had a self-righteous phase in my life, and when I see it with other people, it just mm-hmm. bugs me, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and I've had a judgmental phase in my life, and God is still work. There are two major things that God is still working with me on, and that's offense, because I'm, my girlfriend always tells me, she said, because you're such a tender heart. She said, but God will continue to work with you on that. Just keep praying. You know, she said, being tenderhearted is not a bad thing. You just got to stop overanalyzing and what does she mean by that and, you know, stuff like that. And she said, because, you're, t- you're, you know, it's just not good to be easily offended because you hold on to stuff. Right, right. So he's he's working with me on that. Yep, and you ain't the only one. You're not and the I think because I'm thirsty and seeking him, like you said, I get these little attacks because I'm always, whenever we have small groups and classes, Mr. Sam, and it's something that I feel like I'm led to, I'm like, okay, because, I, I mean, we have like over 30 small classes. Some of them are held at people's houses, which I don't attend those. I usually like to go to the ones at the church, um, and I like the structured ones. So we're in a workbook now with Rick Warren called uh, Habits of, of Happiness. Okay. And it's preached out of uh, Philippians, the book of happiness. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Philippians. 
See, that's how tired I am. I've been so tired. And um, so it just talks about every every Monday we go and they'll play the video and we have the workbook and you fill it in and you talk about, you know, each question extensively. It's just a really good class. So I've just been... I've just been blessed because every time I take a class like that, I grow in God. It helps me to understand his word more mm-hmm. and helps me put things in perspective more, you know? Yep. Yep. So this one is, a, I think it's a 12-week class, this one is. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just thanking God. We worked. I worked with my mom last night uh, over at my aunt's house for a little while, and we got a. Uh, there was this box that was just taunting me, and the box, Mr. Sam, was like a refrigerator box. So we're talking about what a six foot, five foot something box, <laughs> just full of stuff. Mm. No rhyme, no reason, just thrown over in there. Found about six pairs of shoes, brand new in boxes. Uh, yep. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Y'all huh? love yard sale. <laughs> yeah, I told my mom we're going to have to do a yard sale. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I said because this is it's a lot of stuff, and I'm sure her neighbors are probably wondering, what is going on every day? They got about 20 black trash bags outside. You know, but um, so we dug and dug, and finally I got that box, and I broke that sucker down and put it outside. <laughs> but guess what was down in the box? What was that? About $160 worth of cash just thrown over in there, balled up, thrown over in there. Mm, yeah, I was wondering how much. Y'all, y'all need some help? I need a part-time job. <laughs> <laughs> So, we, you know, we've been telling her we found more cash. So she told my mom, she said, take that and put it in the bank for me up there with you just in case I need something you can pinch off of. And my mama said, absolutely, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But we got one more bedroom. And uh, I can, hers just needs a little tweaking. It's really not that bad. It just needs a little tweaking. And uh, we're hoping to be done by Saturday. That's a big hope, though. Cool. Cool beans. Yep. So thank you guys for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to me. Oh, no Um, problem. I appreciate it. I really do. No problem. That's what we're supposed to do. One joint, every joint supply one another. Absolutely. 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 I'm about eight minutes from the building. Get in here. <sighs> Called and checked on my mama this morning. She fine, she said. Okay. Yep. Now let me say a prayer for you, dear. Thank you. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Ah, rambo, rambo, Ah, hmm, hmm, hmm.
Yerero kumboka shaka ndi. Okay. Vision. You're beginning to see more and understand more. And the Lord is saying, do you want him to continue to reveal things to you? Amen, I do. Now, I understand to whom much is given, much is required. The Lord will not stop you from growing. In other mm-hmm. words, if you want to learn, see, and experience, you know, he'll keep, you know, he'll let you keep moving. It's just a matter of um, if you desire to do such, just like I said, too much is given, much is required. He'll never do anything to hurt, harm, or endanger you. That's that's not his character. But you will be challenged. Yeah. You know, and and, and he will, and he, again, with the Holy Spirit, he's going to, you know, we'll, we'll feel at times like it's more than we can bear, but it's really not. It's more than we can bear in and of ourselves. And just like you're learning now with your job situation, um, you have to learn how to lean upon him, which is what it's all about anyway. Yes, it is. So he's saying if you want him to keep increasing in you, he gladly will. But understand all that comes with it. Amen. 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 She says, yes, Holy Spirit. Jesus. Amen. She says, yes, to what you desire to be done in her life, Lord. Hmm. Now. Going to greatly impact your children, your growth will greatly mm-hmm. impact them. Um, you know they're not little children, so that's a good thing. Yep. But but it's going to have an impact because they're going to begin to. You know how can I say it? Um. Look and learn from you in a whole nother way. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to start to experience things and go through things, which, in all honesty, most of God's children, like I'm asking you questions now if you want to go forward. Oh, it's all nice and fun and easy until you get that first attack or that second attack or that mm-hmm. third, fourth, fifth attack all at the same time. And most people begin to bow out. But mm-hmm. if you keep pressing on, then your children, because of the fact they're going to be firsthand looking at you and what's going on. There is, you know, like I can say it like this, my daughter, she's interesting. I didn't really recognize she'll mess with me at times. And other times she'll leave me alone. And one day she was talking to me. She said, you're not mad. Cause she started messing with me. She said, how you know I ain't mad child? Because when you're mad, your eyebrow twitches this way, and you get this certain looking. And I'm like, she knew my facial expressions to know, like, when I'm mad and when I'm not, so she knew not yeah. to mess. 
because she studied me that much. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Your children will see you come into the task again and again and, and see the transformations in your life. That's how I'm saying it's going to have a direct effect upon them and their walk. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, you know, so often we pray for our children. How about living it out in front of your children, which will be more, understand me in the capacity, I'm saying which will be more impactful than me praying for my children because my yeah. children will defeat straight from me because I will be an example. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Amen. Yeah, amen. That's about the size of it. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I'm here now pulling in the parking deck, sir. Okay, Dougie Smokey. Thank you, sir. No problem. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye. All righty. Anybody else? Good morning. Oh, hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm fantastic. Blessed and definitely highly favored. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I caught that sucker. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What you talking about? Mm -hmm. Don't you play innocent with me. I don't know what you. I, uh, I just, I just. Mm-hmm. Um, People never know what you're talking about. What? Mm-hmm. What? Mhm. Ah! Oh. Oh. Anything you want to say or pray, dear? Well, I'm just wondering. Is there anything I want to? Is there a topic? Right now, I was just kind of going through the list, and I got to finish ministering to Vanessa. So not at this point in time, and I just think about reflecting upon when you used to run the line on Wednesdays. Wouldn't you like to go back to that time when you had the time to do that and then order? Now you like, just, okay, I need money. I got kids. I know. Oh, okay. Oh, mm, oh, mm-hmm. Well, you, you want to know something? What's that, that? That is true. And, and, you know, we do have things that we need, financial and other things in our lives. But, but what I am learning is that um, even in the midst of everything that's, that's going on in our lives and all of the things that we have need of, you know, you still you still have, you can still have a sense of peace, and you you still can have um, a feeling of well-being if you if you allow God to be a shelter for you, and if you are in alignment. Um, a lot of times we think that we, you know, that that because we have these things and we got, like you said, children take care of them, bills and all the pressure and the stress and that we have to be in bondage, but we don't have to be in bondage. Those are just things that we have to do. Everybody got problems. Everybody got bills. Yeah, you got some people who have a lot of money to 
to pay them and stuff, but everybody has something. And he does give us a choice. I just got off the phone um, for 40 minutes with somebody um, commanding my morning and, and being prayed for. It, it was amazing. Um, and I love starting my mornings off like that, which I do more and more often now. But, it's you know, so much is the choice because we pray and 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 we pray. And, you know, some people do 4 o'clock prayer, 5 o'clock prayer, um, you know, we get on the line here and we pray and we do all this praying, but how much of it do we really believe and how much of it do we really walk in? Because we do all the praying and then we go right back and still go back to the stress and the strike and the this and the that and we walk in that and we let it affect us down to the bone marrow. You know, we say that we break the chains, but they're not broken. We just pay in lip service. You know, but if if we really believe those things and it should reflect in our walk, it should reflect in, um, <clears throat> you know what I mean, like the way that the the, um, the trust factor should be showing, if that makes sense. And so what I'm just saying this morning is that while we do, you know, have, you know, that crazy thing called life that we have to deal with, um, we do not have to be bondage and slave to it. Um, we can still... Um, you know, pull that joy. I mean, sometimes we got to get a magnifying glass and find the joy. Um, but but if we really praying off curses and we really, you know, praying off all of that stuff, um, then um, we have to walk in blessing. <coughs> we have to walk in blessings. If I, you know, turn away from that aside, um, praying blessings and walking in and walking in blessings, because so many times, you know, the the bondage that we're in. It's self-inflicted, and we unconsciously, unconsciously choose to stay in it by by the things that we do and the, even the words that proceed out of my mouth. Oh, just a thought. I mean, and that's when I, even when I pray for Vanessa, that's exactly what I was saying, and it's funny you said you have a magnifying glass. Because we things happen, and you know, like I, like you know, she was getting upset about how she reacted. Well, she reacted fine. Then when she said, "I still got," it, she went to the car. She just released, you know. And then she started. She said she felt a little bit guilty about that. Like, no, don't, don't, because when the situation occurred, you you held yourself. You know, we're still in flesh. You know. And, and, you know, we have to train ourselves, and it's a process. And, you know, because if not, as lip service. We'll just say, like you say, we sing these songs, this and the other, but then find the blessing. Focus on the blessing. You know, we have to have to keep ourselves, or, or you know, instead of these ten bad things, what about that one good thing? You know, focus on that. You, I got a bad doctor's report. Well, God got me to this point, so now I can begin to see what's going on, and I can trust him to give me the, the path for victory. See, that's what we have to do. But like you said, we get, oh, and then once you open that door for anxiety, frustration, and the enemy, especially when you begin to speak it out of your mouth, and I'm not making a difference between speaking it out of our mouth and what's in our heart and our head. Okay, all different things that we have to deal with, but depending on where we're at. Because that's where even with the confession, you know, you confess in your heart these enemies are bigger and greater than us. So, again, we got to first of all train our tongue. Regardless of how you feel, train your tongue to not let it out your mouth. 
See, God knows what's going on the interior. The devil knows what's going on on the exterior. So if we train our tongue to hold its peace, even when we're inside feeling chaotic, that's step number one. Then step number two, God will begin to grow you up so that now you learn how to keep your peace. And this is where you're at now, keeping your peace. Okay, you know what? I'm going to find my peace. So so right now, my tongue, I kind of got that under grips, but my heart and my peace, God's working with me there. So he's keeping me still. I'm finding how to walk in his blessings. I'm finding how to walk in his peace, even though I got chaos all around me. And so that, that transitions you. So that keeping your peace, that's the combination of your heart and your head, because in order for you to keep your head, heart, you got to keep your focus. Because if you, that's what you said. If you look at it, all the negatives, then that's what you focus on, and you'll lose your peace. But if you focus on a positive and say, look, Lord, you, you, this is what's good about this. Like you say, yeah, I got to get the microscope and find out this is the blessing, then that, you can focus on that. And because you focus on that, that will keep you in the peace and, and the, uh, peace of God. Now, once you're in the peace of God, from then you can experience how he'll add and, and, and you know, how, how he'll increase in you, how you'll get creativity, all the different things. So it's like different levels of being trained to walk in him, to walk in peace. And, and, and you know, we talk about on a business scale, CEOs are company. They, they're CEOs because they know how to deal with problems on a large-scale basis. That's basically the difference between them and somebody else. They've learned how to navigate and manage situations and circumstances and people. That's how they become a CEO. You know, whereas they don't get blown out the sock, blown out the gasket because okay, well we didn't get funding for this. Okay, well how can we get funding? What do we need to do? To get, you know, that's where they're at. Whereas somebody else, huh? I ain't got no bleach for the water. They should order some bleach. And see, that's the difference. That that's that's the main difference. Wow, that, you know what? That is so true. That is so true. Um, because yesterday I know that, um, you know, I got words that my students were asking the fool yesterday. You know, I had to work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, because honestly, I really can't wait for the end of the school year so I can, and I start, and, you know, a friend of mine called, and she was like, well, how are the kids today while you were working? And I thought I could say, I can't, mm fool, I can't wait until, and I said, you know what? And I almost said it. And I said, well, no, I need to restructure. I said, I'm going to be doing some restructuring um, of the type of students that I choose to, to deal with. You know, I had to change everything about the way that I was saying it. I know what I wanted to say, but I had to change it. I had to change it because, like you said, talking like that brings chaos. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it brings it brings the chaos, it brings it brings negativity. Um, and we all know that chaos and confusion and negativity is where, you know, the enemy um the enemy spirit dwells. Nothing good comes from it. Nothing good comes from you know, and it's hard. It's really, really hard because as we talked the other day, it goes, you know, it's easy to go back to that basic animal instinct. And just release because you know that's what what's going back to that instance is about just releasing, releasing, releasing. 
I'm just going to unleash, you know, all of my negative feelings and all of my just, you know, just release. You know what I mean? But it takes, it takes something else to be able to hold your peace. It really does. And, and inadvertently, when you do hold your peace, it automatically catapults you to a higher realm. It catapults you there. Because you have to pull from another place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even like when you were talking, and it's re- taking me to my conversation we had the other night when I was exercising. You have to choose how to direct this energy. I'm going to let it go rampant, which is when I begin to negatively speak and talk, and it takes on a whole life of its own, or I'm going to harness that, pull it in another direction, and focus. And then try to it's, so then try to bring some something pro, productive out of this. So it's like if I go negative, I got all this energy. Say if I got like say okay, let's like like Electro from um, Spider Man. You know he can shoot these volts of energy. So like just think of all the energy just going everywhere. Ah! It's like lights. You know lights on the light switch. You turn on the light switch, the light particles go everywhere. But let's say if I'm electro, I can come in and I can grab hold of that energy. But it's going to take me energy to grab that energy and harness it. Then I'm going to pull it over here and direct it to where I want it to go. So it takes energy to grab hold of that negativity, that 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 rampant, that flesh nature that just want to do that. It takes energy. This is see. This is why we end up with tired and be like, well, what did you do? And we're talking about you know the physical working compared to the mental and the spiritual working is all exertion. So in order for me to negative, in order for me to put positively produce, I have to take that negative energy, grab hold of it, which takes energy, then. For bring it over here to the positive aspect, hold on to it, so then I can see how to let it go forth so that it produces production and positive things. So that's why you, we end up tired because, well, you didn't do nothing. No, it's not the physical thing. It's all the stuff that's involved. But the other on the aspect, if I just let it go rampant and just do stuff, then I got to deal, I got to have energy to clean up this mess that's going to be made because it's going to create a mess. It's going to create a mess. So it's like, yeah, I, I can just like, and the reason I said that the other day when I was exercising, I was talking to you while I was exercising on the phone, I'm recognizing the stress and everything that's on me, and it's and it's beginning to show on my body. I'm like, oh, God, I got to do something. So as I'm going through the process, yeah, the exercise forces me to release energy or as we talked about endorphins where it produces endorphins but so what i'm doing is i'm taking that negative stress and i'm transforming it into a positive stress and in the process of doing that it's creating muscle and giving me strength and i'm i'm feeling better and i'm getting something better but so so that's we're talking about a transfer so we have to learn how to take that stress and that negativity and transfer it into something positive rather than something negative you know, you are absolutely right. And that, you know, a lot of that, um, you know, too, has to do with the company you keep. And that's what I had to learn, and that's what I keep talking about, but your atmosphere, the company that you keep. 
you know, mm. all of that. Because, you know, that's energy, too. Mm. It's energy, too. If you hang around, let me tell you something that I had to learn. When, at a time when, um, you know, I, I wasn't at my best emotionally, um, you know, I realize now that I let people and things into my life that were not good for me. Why? Because you attract that which you are. So if you jacked up, you're going to attract jacked up. Right? And that's what you're going to have. And that's what you're going to be surrounded with. That's going to be your story. And we all know what happens. You jacked up and crazy. You have jacked up and crazy people in your life. That's just going to be your story. And, uh, <coughs> and oh, hold on. You found it. Put it right there. I'll get it. I'll get it. Thank you, love. Can you put me a couple of waffles in the... Uh, good morning. Can you put me a couple of waffles in the toaster? All right, all right. Um, I'm sorry. Let me pause. Let me stop my soliloquy for a minute. Do you know I woke up and my baby had made me some grits? <laughs> what her mama like? What her mama? Um, baby, she... I looked up. I was getting out the shower. It was a bowl of grits and my shake sitting on the counter. I said, Whoa. Uh, oh. My baby loved me. You had a tear a cheerful a tearful moment. I had a grit eating moment. <laughs> but, but you know I'm pregnant. But um at your environment I can kinda of concentrate if I'm on the shower, but your environment is everything. You hear me? I'm sorry. I think I'm talking to the kids. Excuse me. I don't mean to be condescending, but your environment is everything. Your conversation, who you allow to be around you, who you interact with, who you're physical with, who you allow to touch you, all of that stuff, all of that stuff is critical. It's critical. And that's why now I don't, I don't, I've had to touch people. I don't entertain negative talk. Uh, in the same sarcasm, well, I, I I am I'm getting better with sarcasm, but I don't entertain woe with me. I can't do it because that shit stuff. Excuse me, permeates your spirit. It permeates you, and and that and you will become that. And that's a breeding ground. That's a breeding ground for so much stuff. You know, not perfect. Still trying to trying to um, <clears throat> you know, get better with it or whatever, but it's about recognizing. It's about the recognition, you know. And sometimes we do that and we don't even realize that we're doing it, especially when you're in a position, when you're a person that people come to for advice or come to to share. and You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're that type of person, um, you have, like what Erica was saying about being a counselor, and, you know, being in the clergy, um, being a psychiatrist. You know, even a police officer, I would imagine. You know, there's a lot of professions where you you listen to other people's thoughts, you know, all the time. <clears throat> but you have to watch that. You know, you really, you, you have to be around positivity. Nobody's positive all the time. You have to make a conscious effort to, to um, and that's why, like now, 
you know, I watch, I'm noticing, this is case in point, I'm noticing what, what I say a lot of times. I don't even talk as much as I used to. I don't talk to people as much as I except for maybe a couple of people, except for maybe two people. I don't even really talk because <clears throat> the, the stuff that goes on in other people's lives, if it overtakes them, if the negativity overtakes them and you look up and that's all they ever have to say, then that stuff will start to permeate you. So even if you're feeling good, you'll look up and be depressed by the time you get finished. I'm just going like, damn, let me go jump face first off the top of the couch. You know, it's, you you got to really be careful with that stuff. You know, and, and so I'm just saying in general that, you know, the atmosphere is a lot. And and for me, I get it that I have to align myself with people who talk a certain way, people who live a certain way, people who walk a certain way. I have to. I, I, have, to, I have to shift my atmosphere. And as a result of, of limiting my conversations and, you know, and like I told you, answering people with, with um, not just necessarily Bible verses all the time, but with, you know, positive quotes or, you know, nuggets of information or, you know, things that I, I hope would help or I think maybe, you know, might help, I'm noticing that um, it cuts a lot of that stuff out, you know. So, you know, as far as what, what we were just talking about, um, Sometimes I don't know that we realize how important environment is to this thing and who you who you interact with, you know. Because I don't, my people, they won't they won't allow it. If it looks like I'm speaking, if it looks like you know I'm about to start talking crazy, they cut that shit off immediately, immediately. It's like nope. And they redirect, like you have to do with a child. They redirect. And that's what I need, you know. But we have to be conscious about that stuff. It's, it's, it's important. You know, everybody go on the, on the bend sometimes. You just got to, you know, let it rip for a minute. You just like, I'm like, can I just, just give me 180 seconds for me just to go in. <laughs> and you might have to, you know, get some stuff off your chest. But after that 180 seconds, keep it moving. Because we don't realize how much power. We always talk about the enemy. It ain't me, no room. And the enemy has no power here. Sure he, sure he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Because you did this to him. You made him a nice little, you, you, you gave him three hots in the pot. <laughs> He's comfortable. He's comfortable. But that does require kind of pushing through a membrane. See, that requires pushing through a membrane, a very deliberate uh, pushing through the membrane sometimes because when a lot of times when we've been feeling like we've been in a situation for so long, whether it's a bad relationship or, you know, like your situation with your business or sometimes how I feel like, you know, with my relationship with certain, you know, family members who, you know, have mental issues. Or, you know, your job. Some people, like, they've been on the job for 15 years and they feel like they can't never get out that joker. You know, whatever the situation might be, financial stuff. You know, people tired of being, having to get food stamps and seeming like they can't get through, you know. 
um, sometimes we feel like we we really are in bondage to to a situation, and we just give up the ghost unwittingly. We give up the ghost to it and the negativity, and we learn to live in that. We learn to live in that place, kind of like how somebody in prison they just resolve that that they go I saw a couple of movies like that where we just gonna die here. I'm just gonna die here. I ain't never getting out. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we kind of unconsciously resolve ourselves to that mm-hmm. in a sense. And so, you know, we unconsciously just kind of learn to learn to live there, and then we just learn how to cope with being in that place. And so, you know, it becomes, <clears throat> it becomes, um, what did I write? Because I'm almost wrong with my book. I wrote, wait, hold on, because I got to go to this part of my phone. Woke up and wrote this at 4 a.m. Oh, and I wrote how, now, this is probably, this is halfway off, but halfway in to what we're talking about. But I wrote <clears throat> because it's it's not it's not about the experiences of life themselves, like about our hardships and the things that we go through and our struggles, but it's how the experiences shape us and how they mold us that becomes the greatest part of the story. So it's not the struggle, it's not the conflict, it's not the it's how does it shape you because that that becomes a lesson. Let me be quiet. Cause I'm about to. I'm like. I'm talking the whole book. Amen. But it's just that you know. I woke up to a very um a great phone call this morning, which a lot was it. So I'm just. I guess that's still in my spirit, and I just you know just sharing some things that were very helpful. No problem. I'm going to scramble me some eggs and eat my grits. All right, well, get your eggs and your grits on. Get your eggs and your grits on. Your eggs and your grits on. Get your eggs and your grits on. Eggs and... Oh, I'm sorry. That's a YouTube video. Mm, yeah. Happy, happy, joy, joy.
Okay. None, Dad. I'm not talking. Okay, so that's how we're gonna do that. Put this on the porch. Hello? Oh, okay, let's be calm. Hello? Let me finish this list. Okay, let me pray for um busting family. Rush you to go fish 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 Rush you to go fish 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 Rush you to go fish you to go fish you to go fish you to go fish Rush you to go fish you to go fish you to go fish Sakara. The Jenkins family. Rush you to go fish you to go fish you to go fish you to go fish you to go Saraga. Rush you to go fish you to go fish you to go fish you to go Saraga. Push it go say to go say she go say she go say she go go say she go say she go say she go say she go say go go say go say she go say she go say she go say she go Stanley Washington, Hush to go say to go say to go Sarga, Hush to go say to go say to go Sarga, Hush to go say to go say to go Sarga, Sakara.
Alyssa Noah, so she will go straight, she will go straight, she will go straight. Kushigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshigoshig
really. And that is the. Uh-huh. All right. Anybody want to do any of the list? Let me look. I thought I only grabbed one, but I guess I didn't. Okay, sick and shut in. Horamboshi to go say Shirandra Shirogosaka, Shamboshi go Randrago Seraga, Sakara. Deceased in hospice, who should go say Shirogo say Shirogo say Shirogo say Shirogo Seraga, who should go Seraga, Sakara. Congregations and churches, Randrago say Shirogo say Shirogo say Shirandaka, Randrago say Shirogo say Shirogo say Shirogo Seraga, Randrago say Shirogo Seraga, Sakara. Abuse and addiction, who should go say Shirogo say Shirogo say Shirogo say Shirogo Seraga. Push to go say she goes Saraga, Sakra. Unsay, push to go say she goes Saraga, push to go say she goes Saraga, Sakra. Prisoners and missionaries, you rush to go say she Prisoners and missionaries, unsay, deceased in hospice, congregation churches, sick and shut in, abuse and addiction, pressures and ministry and their families. Rushi to go station, Grand Rashi to go station, Rushi to go Saka. Rushi to go station, Rushi to go station, Rushi to go Saka. Rushi to go station, Rushi to go Saka. Okay. That's all of that list. Come on, sir. Get out the way. Okay. Um. Move. Yeah, move. Okay, I put that back. Catch you in the way. I'm gonna throw you downstairs in a hot second. Okay, so let me finish these lists and I'll figure out what time is it. It's nine o'clock. Move, cat. Um, discernment. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Randa Grace, mercy, and favor. Peace, pass all understanding. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding. 
Vinona Mines, Rundle Gosish, 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 Gosaga, Rush, Gosish, Gosish, Gosaga, Rush, Gosish, Gosaga, Sakara. Vinona Youth, Rush, Gosish, 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 Gosaga, Rush, Gosish, Gosish, Gosaga, Rush, Gosish, Gosaga, Sakara. Health, Healing, Restoration, Yorokan, Rundle Gosish, Gosaga, Rundle Gosish, Gosish, Gosaga, Sakara. Health, Healing, Restoration, Vinona Mine, Vinona Youth. Growth and our gifts and our fruits. Shirandra, Shirogosa, 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 Randra, Shirogosa, Sakara, Sakara. Supernatural superhuman strength. Randa, Shirogosa, 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 Randa, Shirogosa, Sakara. Okay. Renuna mind, renuna you praying for you, Russia to go say she go say she go sadaga, sakara. Health healing restoration, financial breakthroughs and turn around, she run to go say she go say she go sadaga, run to go say she go sadaga, sakara. Okay. Supernatural, superhuman strength. Okay. I think that's everything. I'm going to say that it is.
music. All good vibes.
There's a praise on the inside that I can't keep to myself. A holler up from the depths of my soul. So excuse me if I seem a little giddy or maybe even strange. But praise is the way I say things. Sometimes I just get so bubbly on the inside. I just want to holler it out. Come on. There's a praise on the inside that I can't keep to myself. A holler, holler, stirring up from the depths of my
declares, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. We come to celebrate you, God, tonight for your glory. Hallelujah.
Change phones and we get started with the reading. Cat, move out my way. Rush to go brand the gossip go son run the shit should have run the ghost to the grand ghost that run the ghost that take care of Bosaka. Horrush the gossation, rush to go saka. Rashid the gossation, rush to go saka. Haraboshidakas and rush to go say Sakara. All right, it's time for the lesson. This phone. Oh, Let's try this again. Okay, where are we? Receiving the different spirit. And this will probably do it for the book. 
When we look at the life of Joshua and Caleb to see how they could view things so different than the entire nation, we only get one significant biblical clue. My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, has followed me fully, and I'll bring into, bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Numbers 14.24. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Who this? This is Sam. Okay, you caught. Who you looking for? Okay, I must have the wrong number, so I must have with the phone. All right. Okay. I don't know what's going on, but anyway. When we look at the life of Joshua and Caleb to see how they could view things so differently than the entire nation, we only get one significant biblical clue. My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I bring into the I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit in Numbers fourteen and twenty four. This spirit is the very same spirit the Lord is now releasing. It's the spirit of Elijah that will come and turn average nobodies into Elijah revolutionaries who fear nothing except falling short in their faith in the big God. When this different spirit rests upon you, your God grows to be huge and, and giants all of a sudden turn into bread to be eaten. If this good God virus has taken you, you will begin to burn with new hopes and expectations of his greatness on earth. You will begin to run across the Jordan, embracing the death of your old identity of just being saved and waiting for his return to now being saved and hastening his return, see Second Peter 3 and 12. We hasten Jesus' return by fulfilling the assignment he has given us. He will continue to let generation after generation die and not return, until one generation gets the assignment and performs his will on earth as it is in heaven, Acts 3 and 21. Tell us that Jesus is held into heaven until the time of restoration of all things, specifically that which he spoke by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. What have the prophets been speaking ever since the world began? Subdue the earth, have dominion over every living thing that moves on the earth, Genesis 1 and 28. Demonic powers are also living things that move on the earth. And until a generation rises to fulfill the original mission of subduing and dominating them, Jesus is held in the heavens. He will not return until all is accomplished. You can pray for his return until you are blue in the face, but he is not coming back until someone finishes the assignment. He is sitting on intercession for us at the right hand of the Father until all his enemies are put under our feet. Psalms 47 and 3, Romans 16 and 10, 20. 
whose enemies are crushed, every good thing that God has intended to take place on here on earth will be restored. Only then can we get in that he could come back any day delusion some are already in. Revelations 1 and 4 refers to the seven spirits of God. We see the term again in Revelations 3 and 1. It shows up again in the next chapter. From the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which is the seven spirits of God, Revelations 4 and 5. Finally, it appears one last time in the following chapter. I look, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which is the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. It is through the lamb who was slain, and because of him that the seven spirits of God have been sent into the whole earth. These seven spirits have a mission on earth. They don't remain in heaven. The seven spirits have seven horns and seven eyes, horns representing power and authority, eyes representing the prophetic gift. The seven spirits are the spirit of Elijah prophesied in Malachi. It's the same prophetic power and anointing that rested on Elijah. Revelations 19 and 10 tells us that testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Power, horns, and seeing eyes come together in him. As we receive the mind of Christ for the end time, our eyes are enlightened to understand just how much authority and power he has granted the saints here on earth. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only this age, but that which is to come. Revelation, Ephesians 1, 18-23. As the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, we begin to inherit the greatness of his power. We receive the spirit of Elijah by receiving the seven spirits of God that testify of a glorious inheritance available in the saints. Then we see the end result of the seven spirits of God being released on the earth. And having made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on earth, Revelations 5 and 10. This isn't over until we reign on earth. Genesis starts with, have dominion over everything. Revelation ends with, we shall reign on earth. The lamb that was slain provides the seven spirits of God to bring the seven horns of power over the seven nations greater and mightier than us. That's why it's incidental that they are greater and mightier than us. He has released the seven horns of power to topple every rebellious spirit that has exalted itself against the Creator. The seven eyes release the prophetic vision to understand that this is our inheritance on earth. Earth will continue to shift in expectation and birth pains. It will cause a series of tsunamis that will totally transform the face of the earth. All destructible structures will come down. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But the sons and daughters of the kingdom will be on the mountaintops and will receive unshakable kingdom. End will the end of all rebellion on earth. All righty. Okay. When we look at the life of Joshua and Caleb to see how they could view things so differently than the entire nation, we only get one significant biblical clue. My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I'll bring him to the land where he went and descendants shall inherit it. Numbers 14 and 24. This spirit is the very same spirit the Lord is now releasing. 
It's the spirit of Elijah that will come and turn average nobodies into Elijah revolutionaries who fear nothing except falling short in the big God. When this different spirit rests upon you, your God grows to be huge. Giants all of a sudden turn into the bread to be eaten. If this good God virus is taking you, you will begin to burn with new hopes and expectations of his greatness on earth. You will begin to run across to Jordan, embracing the death of your old identity of just being saved and waiting for his return to now being saved and hastening his return, Second Peter 3 and 12. Joshua Caleb, though, are the only two out of the entire nation that said, and why do I say the nation? Because he sent 12 spies to view the land. Out of the 12 spies, and came back with a negative report. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that said, no, we should take the land. Then I say the nation because they, um, he pointed out that they wanted to stone them with stones. They wanted to quiet them because they had the audacity to believe in their God. And he pointed out before that because of the fact that they, they, they weren't trusting and believing in a God, they were actually walking in rebellion. So now he's talking about this spirit that Caleb has a different spirit in him. He said the spirit is a spirit that God is releasing, this Elijah spirit. People who fear nothing except falling short in their faith in a big God. When this different spirit rests upon you, God grows to be huge, and giants all of a sudden turn their bread to be eaten. Well, you know what? I'm going to say not all of a sudden. And I'll say that going back to what me and Lisa and Vanessa, the topic earlier today, because I'm going back to the word, the process. The process growing you up, the transitioning that is necessary and needful in order for your giants to become bread. And Lisa, I mean, we are talking about earlier about going through situations and circumstances and the difference between the CEO and somebody's average employee is they're able to solve big problems. And we talked about, you know, uh, taking that energy that it takes to take from a negative situation and move it into a positive situation. That's why I'm saying process, because when she was talking, what I didn't say, that's the thing. When you're going from being, because none of us start out, let me say it like this, majority of us don't start out being, talked about conditioning earlier, that we're conditioned to be a CEO, especially in the world, especially in in the average community, in the average household. We're not conditioned to be businessmen, businesswomen. We're not conditioned to be heads and leaders. We're conditioned to go get a job and get married, have a white, you know, live a life in a white picket fence. That's basically what it is. So now... A lot of us, and we talked about because of the world conditioning, we're conditioned to be faithless. We're conditioned to be negative. So to transition from this negative, complaining, mummering person to this person of faith, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And, and Lisa was talking about our environment and people and things of that nature, which is highly important, but it doesn't happen overnight. And I guess that's what we need to begin to see. 
So he later on here he's gonna say, taking the average anybody, nobody, and growing up into this 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 faithful person. God is no respecter of persons, but are you willing to go through the process? As I was talking to Vanessa earlier, are you willing to go through the processes of uh, of growing, letting God grow you up? God is no respecter of persons. He just wants somebody to say yes. Then not just saying yes as lip service, but then walking it out because the the, tri- the trials and the tests are gonna come. Are you willing to walk out on his word and to trust him through the process? And it doesn't happen overnight. So that's why the struggle, that's why it's hard. That's why we got to learn to to get our tongues in order, to get our thoughts in life in order, to, to, to learn and see what's going on. All that begins to occur, but it doesn't happen overnight. The people we hang around with, the, all the spiritual things is associated with all of that. All of this affects each and every one of us. So are we ready and willing to go through the processes that God will take you to to take you from the average individual into this Elijah revolutionary? We hasten Jesus' return by fulfilling the assignment he has given us. He will continue to let generation after generation die and not return until one generation gets this assignment and performs his will on earth as it is in heaven. Acts 3 and 21 tells us that Jesus is held in heaven until the times of restoration of all things, specifically that which he spoke by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. What the prophets have been speaking ever since the world began, subdue the earth, have dominion over every living thing that moves on the earth, Genesis 1 28. Demonic powers are also living things that move on the earth, and until a generation rises to fulfill the original mission of doing and dominating them, Jesus held in the heavens. Okay, then. Until an entire generation receives the assignment. That means not one or two people. How's that going to happen? Well, God's going to keep growing us up. So you might get it, but nobody else around you get it, but you're able to impart it to your children. So now you got two children. They get it, and because they get it, and somebody across the world else got it, because we're talking about God, so it ain't even a nation thing. This is a world thing. So these two will affect their children and their families and their environment. So maybe now two get it over here, where originally one got it, now two get it, and these two, so now five going to get it, so we got to go to the next generation. But you got five over here, you got five over there, you got five over there. God needs his body to be at a certain level. It's been 2,000 years. Talking generations. See, this is how God thinks. That's why we say we can't we can't do as you do. So as that commercial goes, and they do two friends, and they tell two friends, and so on and so on and so on. So until it gets to a certain amount where you begin to get enough of his body, of his children, getting it, receiving it, walking it out. See, that's what Lisa was talking about. This ain't lip service at this point. This is application. Walking this thing out, living this thing out, trusting, dying, living, going through all this. Until now you got a multitude over here and a multitude over there and a multitude over there. I pointed out earlier that now in these third world countries, they're getting and grabbing hold, and they're increasingly mightily in, in numbers. And I pointed out 
how that ties into the book of Destiny of the Black Civilization. When I'm talking about the black civilization or the black race, see, we thinking of us now. He's talking about people of color, which is everybody. Your Asians. Your well, basically, you got three groups. You got your Negroid, your Mongoloid, and your Caucasoid. Those are the three groups. You can get all all this other Irish, black, African. Okay, we're gonna cap all that right there. You go back to Genesis in the tenth chapter when you begin to get the nations which everybody is descended from. So ain't no pure race, people. You see, we got all that garbage, again, that the spirit of the air has put inside of our system needs to just be, be that's why God takes so much, why we're walking so much negativity, why we're watching so much faith, faithlessness. We got to be reprogrammed, what God sees. So the third world countries, which is the people of color, are getting it, and it's real. You know why? Because it's realer to them than it is to us because we're concerned because we got a headache and we got somebody complaining on our job. Well, they receive it because they, you know, I might walk miles to get to church. I might stay hours and walk miles back. And I know that if I receive this, then if I show this, then I'm actually be killed and my family be killed. But I'm believing this more than I'm believing this government. I'm believing this more than I'm believing this tyrancy that's around me. I'm believing this more. And, 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 and people are believing and receiving it and is deeply engrafted into them because it's a life thing. Talked about yesterday. Your faith will grow when it's a life and death situation. Compared to when I got a headache or my boss is yelling at me, I'm not belittling Vanessa. I'm, I mean, only because we talked about that earlier. But see the difference. When you got witch doctors, you got zombies, you got all all this crap where people actually openly practice in the occult and they're revered. And knowing what you're going to accept is going to be a direct direct um, opposite, and that you can have your life, your, your life wiped out, your family's life wiped out, a big thing, a big difference. But it's in those nations that the word of God is increasing much more quicker than it is here. See, that's how all this stuff is beginning to tie together. That's why they're walking more in power than we are. What have the prophets been speaking ever since the world began? Subdue the earth, have dominion over every living thing that moves on the earth. Generation Genesis 1 and 28. Monic powers are also living things that move on the earth until a generation rises to fulfill the original mission of subduing and dominating them. Jesus is held in the heavens. See, that's going to stop about two-thirds of his children right there. Demons? <clears throat> oh, no, no, no. Okay. That don't stop him from moving around. That don't stop them from affecting your life. Just because you want to put your head in the sand and act like they ain't there, okay. We are spiritual beings. Remember, he breathed his spirit into us. So because of the fact you choose not to come to the grips of the reality, okay, demonic powers are real. They're sitting on your desk right now looking at you. My child began to really understand the gift and she, she she said she would go in school and she would just look. They'd be sitting on the desk, walking around the class. She said, oh, my God. So she's learned how to tune it in and tune it off. But she had to grow to that. She didn't understand. So they're there whether or not you understand that. And they're affecting you whether or not you accept that. And that's stuff, again, people don't want to hear, so let me keep reading. 
He will not return until all is accomplished. You can pray for his return until you are blue in the face, but he's not coming back until someone finishes the assignment. He is sitting in, in intercession for us at the right hand of the Father until all his enemies are put under our feet. Psalms 47 and 3 and Romans 16 and 20. Once his enemies are crushed, every good thing that God has intended to take place here on earth will be restored. Only then can we get in that he could come back any day delusion, some already in. So as far as the word of God is concerned, it says until all things are subdued and placed under his feet, Jesus is not returning. So since we are looking at the world the way it is, especially with this lovely individual who's running our government now, does it look like all things are placed under his feet? Does it look like all the kingdoms of earth are, are established here on earth as they are in heaven? No. That means we have not gotten to the point where we need to be to get things to right. So God is working in us and through us and continuing to increase until it gets to that point. Remember, he's not going to avoid his own word. He will be a man. He's not a man. He's not going to lie. So until everything gets to that point, Jesus is going to stay up in heaven. But trust and believe he's working things out. Revelations 1 and 4 refers to the seven spirits of God. We see the term again in Revelations 3 and 1. It shows up again in the next chapter. From the throne proceeded lightning, thunders, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God, Revelations 4 and 5. Finally appears one last time in the following chapter. I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though he had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which is the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. It is through the Lamb who was slain and because of him that the seven spirits of God have been sent to the whole earth. These seven spirits have a mission on earth. They don't remain in heaven. The seven spirits have seven horns and seven eyes, horns representing power and authority, eyes representing prophetic gifts. So these seven spirits that have been released and the seven eyes are in direct correlation with the seven kingdoms. In other words, power has been released to accomplish that which God wants to be accomplished. We just talked about the seven kingdoms. Media, entertainment, um, government, power. So for each one of those areas, God has also released an anointing and a power to top of those areas. That's what he's doing. That's what he's growing us up in. Again, God is going to equip you for whatever needs to be done. Don't pull back. That it would not that would be contrary to his nature. Seven spirits have seven horns and seven eyes, horns representing power and authority, eyes representing the prophetic gift. The seven spirits are the spirit of Elijah prophesied in Malachi. It's the same prophetic power and anointing that rested on Elijah. Revelations 19 and 10 tells us that the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Power, which is horns, and seeing eyes come together in him. As we receive the mind of Christ for the end times, our eyes are enlightened to understand just how much authority and power he is granting his saints here on earth. Power, where is that? Power and authority are the horns 
prophetic gifts of the eyes. Same prophetic anointing that rested on Elijah. Same prophetic authority that can rest on you. He's looking for people to say yes. He's looking for people to say yes and willing to do the work. Oh, yeah. And see, that's, that's the, that's, I here comes the rub. Because the work will not be as you envision it. The work will require transformation and change, and it's not as how you envision it. I can probably about 99% guarantee it won't happen that way. Because God has to get the world out of you, reprogram you, and then grow you up in him so you can walk in that level of power and authority. So you, again, must be reprogrammed. That's the wilderness training. In Ephesians 1, 18 through 23, it says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what are the riches of glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, so far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but that which is to come. Hmm. As the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, we begin to inherit the greatness of his power. As the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, we begin to inherit the greatness of his power. That's the wilderness training. That's the beginning to see things for what they really are, not what we thought they were. That's the processes that, that God takes us to and through when he begins to take us up out of ourselves, out of the world systems, out of our way of thinking, doing, moving, and begin to, this is how it lines up with my word. This is how things are supposed to be. See, that's the eyes of your enlightened, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And as he do, does that, that's when we begin to inherit the greatness of his power. And he's not going to bestow this power upon somebody who doesn't understand it, who doesn't know how to use it, who doesn't know how to walk in it. That would be like giving a gun to a five-year-old, an automatic rifle. Just shoot up everything. You must be trained of what this is, where it comes from, and how to walk in it. We receive the spirit of Elijah by receiving the seven spirits of God that testify of a glorious inheritance available in the saints. Then we see the end result of the seven spirits of God being released on the earth. Mm. We receive the spirit of Elijah by receiving the seven spirits of God that testify of a glorious inheritance available in the saints. Then we see the end result of the seven spirits of God being released on the earth. Seven spirits of God that testify of a glorious inheritance available in the saints. What is inheritance? Something that is given to you, that's passed on, something you didn't work for? Something that someone before you has decided to give to you because they, they made a decision? That's what's available to each and every one of us. Why? Because of our, we're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus came here and did what we couldn't do. Why? Because we're under grace, not works. 
It's available, but does that mean you're going to get it? That's true. Can. He's not denying anybody if they're willing to do the work, doing what's required to line up with his with the way that he has orchestrated things. That's what needs to be understood. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on earth, Revelations 5 and 10. This isn't over until we reign on earth. Genesis starts with have dominion over everything, and Revelation ends with we shall reign on earth. The lamb that was slain provides the seven spirits of God that bring the seven horns of power over the seven nations greater and mightier than us. That's why it's incidental that they are greater and mightier than us. He has released the seven horns of power to topple every rebellious spirit, every rebellious spirit that has exalted itself against the Creator. Mm. Who do we serve? We serve the Most High God. Lord of Lord, Kings of Kings is a king more powerful than a prince. more powerful than a queen. If we truly serve the most high, the Lord of Lord and King, so whatever definition, whatever category that has been given to the prince of the power of the air, it says in the word of God that we serve the most high God. In other words, he has authority over Satan. He's got authority over every mountain king over all these things that people worship and, and bow down to, God has authority over all of that. That's who we serve. That's why Caleb said they're bread to us. Because he recognized who he served. That's what we need to walk in that understanding, walk in that relationship that level of relationship that God gives us strength, revelation, knowledge, all of that so we can press our way through and not pull back because we see something bigger and mighty enough. But see, that's again, see, that's, are you willing to go through? Are you willing to look at this day in, day out and say, okay, God, let's do this. See, that's the diligence. This is when I'm talking about the work, the diligence, those things that are required. Those things that are required for us to, to rise up and do what God's called us to do. See, that's that's our part in it. That means me going back and forth to court. It's not going in the years. Me battling with these banks, redoing paperwork over and over again, trusting God. My 90-year-olds, 90-year-olds, three of them, trusting God. See, that's what all of this means. Trusting God bigger than each and every situation and circumstance that's in front of me, but trusting him for his deliverance, trusting for his breath. See, that's what it means Are you when I say are you willing to do the work, that his word is bigger than every situation, every circumstance. See, those are the giants of our life today. Our jobs, our families, our situations, our circumstances, our finances, our health. See, we don't actively have, have, have the giants like, you know, walking the land in that capacity like they did then. But we got giants yet and still. So that's what God is asking. 
And are you willing to do the work and let your giants become bread? That's why it's incidental that they are greater and mightier than us. He has released the seven horns of power to topple every rebellious spirit that has exalted itself against the Creator. The seven eyes released a prophetic vision to understand that this is our inheritance on earth. The earth will continue to shift and quake with expectation and birth pains. It will cause a series of tsunamis that will totally transform the face of the earth. All destructible structures will come down. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But the sons and daughters of the kingdom will be on the mountaintops and will receive the unshakable kingdom. Then will the end of all rebellion, then will be the end of all rebellion on earth. And that is our lesson for today. Questions, comments, criticism, conclusions. All right. Anybody got anything? Good morning. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, you know. Okay. Um, just when you had said about you going to court and how you diligently going, but look what look what a beacon of light you did to other people that's in the courtroom and maybe going through something similar, or what you're going through right now. And they see your tenacity and your diligence is going, and that's strengthening up their hope. Comments, criticism? I mean, I leave that aspect of it up to God. Right. Of, you know, Lord, this is what you're doing. And who was that we were talking about focus earlier? And. That that's something I've come to the realization of, and okay, Lord, that's what you're doing. I'm gonna focus on what I need to do and let you do everything else. You know, so that's what he's doing. I understand that that keeps me complaining about it as much. Keep pressing, and do what I gotta do. Uh huh. But you know, uh, what I just said, that's usually a threshold for some people when they start wanting to get full of themselves. And that's a, and that's a, and that and that's part of the temptation that we definitely gotta kill on the daily. Part of growing up. Yeah. Because we'd be just right there on the welcome mat and then we throw ourselves into it and then you know how it is have the button on the other side when you fall through instead of walking through the door. Mm-hmm. 
Okie doke. Anybody else got anything? Anybody else got anything? Any question, comments, criticism going once, going twice, going three times. All right, prayer request. Who wants prayer? You can get me on out the way. All right. Okay. Rush need to go see she the grand book, see the grand book, see the there's a lot of questions that run through your mind. There's a lot of questions that you question yourself, question God. And that's one of the things with the fasting will begin to position you to clearly hear, position you to get up out of your head and position you to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. So, seek God. I'm not saying the questions aren't important, but in the proper time and in the proper way, things will be revealed to you. Too often we get caught up in the questions and the understanding and wanting to know, and it makes us miss. Him. And that's something, again, like you said, we have to learn how to get out of ourselves because ultimately it's about Him. And if we mm-hmm. walk in ourselves, we'll miss the message. If we walk in ourselves, we'll miss that which God is trying to show and to teach us. So we're going back to processes again. We have to be reprogrammed. We have to be reprogrammed. And we have to let the Holy Spirit train us. We cannot train ourselves. Too many of us are trying to do that. We're trying to figure it out and do it. And no, 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 no. You need to submit, see God, and let him train you. Again, because if you figure train this and again, you're doing it. You can only do what you know. And you're not being spirit-led. You're being carnally or solely led. And, again, you're missing. So God has a path for you. The fasting will help you to clarify things and to see things clear. Get on that path, walk it out, trust him, and let him let him reveal things in his own time and in his own way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right, we'll pray next. Uh, you can pray for me next. Uh, Unifam. Yep. All right, Lord, let me lift up a family. Rush the Grand Negotiation Negotiation, Run Run Negotiation, Rambo, Shirakasa, Deka, Rambo, Korashi, Kambaka, Horashi Negotiation, Run Run Negotiation, Grand Brasaka. 
Father God, help her family to see you, to hear from you, and to move in accordance with what you have them to do. Help her family to allow you to be God and to move past themselves. Help our family, Father, to receive your word, Lord, in the truthfulness. Not in, oh, we get so caught up in our human consciousness and reasoning, Lord, and we miss the boat. You got to teach us all of that. So help our family to begin to see that, Lord. So let the true spirit of God enter in, Father. The true spirit of God that will break yokes, cause healing, peace. See, that's what the true spirit of God brings, Lord. Not this reasoning we get caught up in and and our fleshliness, Lord. Help the true spirit of God enter into her family. That will transform them and grow them up. That's what they need, and that's what we're asking for. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And now let me pray for you. Oh, Father God, ha, 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 ha. Hmm. Bushkaramoshikaranaka. Yorobuskaranikete. Hmm. Yep. Yep. The eyes of our understanding need to be enlightened. Yeah, you need to do Ephesians 1, 2. You just got all these quotes. How are you coming in with all your scriptural quotes and things of that nation, confessions over your life? So that, that Ephesians first chapter needs to be another one added to your list. I haven't done that one in a while. Um, I and I do um, Ephesians. Is that Ephesians five um, about the um, body of armor? Um, I'm not sure which one. I know you're talking about the body of armor. I, I, yeah, I, I do that one a lot, and I do uh, the Deuteronomy. I haven't done Ephesians one in a while. Right, I, no, actually, I have to take that back because I have told it to you. I forgot about that. You have told what to me? Ephesians one. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I just thought about it because we talked about that before as far as recognizing, straightening out our lives and things of that nature. So, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that needs to be one of your confessions as well. Father God. It's just uh, it's a struggle. Well, all of it, this is a struggle, though. Let me not even stop lying there. You know, when I'm talking about being reconditioned from the way the world is, our thought life, and all, that's the struggle. That's that which you don't want to get out of, which understandable. But unfortunately, that's what God is calling you to. And it's like a, it's a reluctance. I mean, and it's funny because, and I, and I understand what it is. 
all of us have nobody wants to really walk in there. We talk it, but we don't really truly want to go there because of what's required. And, and, and so, we're, and like Lisa said, we'll, we'll sing the songs and the verses and this and other, but the reality of you don't have a life or death situation which forces you to walk in that level so you pull back. That's the reality of it. You're, you're, you're walking in what's comfortable because you have nothing kicking you past that. So you choose to stay where you are because you recognize where you're being called to is going to be even more so where you're required to walk this thing out. And so you're still reluctantly calling back. But the problem is this. I ain't the one that's calling you there. God is. And because he's the one that's calling you to this next level, that 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 that's gonna be an issue because this is what 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 we just got finished reading. When he's calling you to walk at this level and you're not walking in there, that's where your coverage is. See, David got into the sin with Bathsheba because he re, he refused to go into war, which was the season and time for war. David was on a rooftop, so you're trying to stay on the rooftop because you're recognizing that there's a battle. But see, God is calling you there, so there's gonna be an issue. There already is an issue. But you're not forced because you don't have a life or death situation. You don't have something that you that that that's causing you to push past your pain, push past your thoughts, all of that, and just tap into God. So you just stay in Pam and you just la 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 la. So but there there's going to be such a division soon when you're gonna. You're going to see, because, again, of you being taught, because of people who are around you or walking there, you won't have the privilege of being blindly walking into this. You're going to see it for what it is. You're going to make a choice. You're either going to stay where you're at or you're going to take the choice to go forward. When your mom passed, you got forced to a certain level to tap into him at another level. That's just an example of what you're going to have to do. The time is coming soon. God is going to kick you. Now, when you get kicked, you're going to have to, you're going to openly see I got to do this or I'm going to walk back. When you walk back into the wilderness, you're making a choice to walk back into you. When you walk back into the wilderness, you're making a choice to walk back into your old patterns, your old things, all of that which God is calling you out of. Understand the fullness of protection is in the battle. It's not where you're at because he's not saying stay where you're at he's saying come forward into me i will protect you and everything that's around you that's what we just got finished reading he blessed you going in he blessed you coming out he blessed you in the field he blessed you in the country in the city he blessed everything even all that your lifestyle that's where the blessing is but it's because when you're walking toward what he's calling you to do so Understand this, you can't deny it or say anything because it's coming and it's coming quicker than you recognize. So you continue to walk in the fasting and things, some of that's preparation as he's beginning to position you. But when you see it, you make a decision because you're either going to pull back and go back, I don't want to do it, or you're going to make a choice to press on. And that is the prayer for the day. Amen. Go ahead and say it. Yeah, amen. I'm about to do some juice.
All right, who's next? Anybody else want prayer going now? Once, I'm going next. <laughs> Alrighty then. Anybody want prayer going once? Anybody want prayer going twice? Anybody want prayer going three times? Hold it up. Somebody press the and get out of here. Okay, Father, we come together this morning to lift up Sam. Thanking you, Father, for continuing to to look out for this child of yours. Thanking you, Father, for his continued obedience, for continuing to to walk the path that you have laid before him. Father, we know, we recognize that he is not perfect, but when he stumbles, he gets back up and he keeps going. And that is the only way to do it, Father, for we are not perfect, and we are going to stumble, and we are going to fall, and we are going to stray. But you are always that beacon of light for us to return to and to get us back on the right path. Father, we continue to pray for his health and wellness, for himself, his household, and his family. Father, we thank you for continuing to bind the efforts of the enemy, for strengthening Sam's hedge of protection and his armor. We just thank you, Father, for blessing his steps as he goes about his day. And we thank you, Father, for the blessings that have come and are coming to him in abundance. Father, we thank you for your unconditional love, for your mercy, and for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're open before 10 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.